1: Of course we are dead we are all dead we were supposed
3: to make the world a better place Well,
2: i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore
4: i know kung fu you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain
2: i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore this whole thing is insane this whole thing is insane
4: Three hundred years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all the men of power want? More power.
2: This is now the United States of Zombie Land. This whole thing is insane. Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of.
4: More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real, more power.
5: There
3: can be only
4: one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? I'm such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid
5: of is me.
1: Happy heresies season, welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. Especially with the audio version of A.B. Live. This one, episode 63, raw and censored and unfiltered, just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. Chris Knowles joined us to discuss his landmark research on the nexus of magic and technology and modernity. From the elite's continued usage of apotheotic ceremonial sorcery to alleged breakaway alien tech, we speculated on all high-weirdness science under the black hole sun. All of this led us to today's transhumanistic apocalypse. But is it a benign fire from the gods, or hellfire from that wickedness in high places? You're about to find out, and no one here gets out alive. Don't go anywhere though, alive, dead, or as a cyborg, or whatever. Next show will be a pure trippy gnosis event as I fulfill a long-going request from listeners it's the intro's greatest hits more than an hour of some of my best drivel to some of you this will be a holiday gift to others it might be coal in your stocking but i do cover a lot of pertinent gnostic and hermetic concepts after the holiday break we'll have shows on being a mystic warrior in an age of chaos the buddhist influence on christianity judaism and gnosticism the true identity of lucifer manly p hall and much more ho 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 sophia you whore. thank you so much for those of you who support this red bill cafeteria i hope i have served you well we need gnosis more than ever needless to say in this age of hermes Philip K. Dick World, and Gnostic Times. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even space. Don't forget my voiceover services. Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, game, documentary, or whatever, I can bring stellar results to your project with down-to-earth professionalism. Some of you have asked if I only do occult content, and the answer is no. I've done several announcements, works for podcasts, organic vitamins, and music video spots, and meditation course narrations. I'm here for you. Let us to our latest AB Live, and never forget to write your own gospel and live your own myth. But first. A little clip from the X-Files that grants a bit of context to Chris and his Lucifer technologies research. You presume to
4: dictate duty to me? Have you any idea what the cost of your actions is? What their effect might be? Who are you to give them hope? What do you give them? We give them happiness. And they give us authority. The authority to take away their freedom under the guise of democracy. Men can never be free because they're weak, corrupt, worthless, and restless. The people believe in authority. They've grown tired of waiting for miracle and mystery. Science is their religion. No greater explanation exists for them. They must never believe any differently if the project is to go forward.
5: At what cost to them?
4: The question's irrelevant, and the outcome inevitable. The date is set. Most of them have ceased to believe in God. Why? Because God presents them with no miracles to earn their faith.
1: You think when man ceases to believe in miracles,
4: he rejects God? You rule over them in God's name. They don't believe in him, but they still fear him. They're afraid not to because they're afraid of freedom. And you give them happiness. We appease their conscience. Anyone who can appease a man's conscience can take his freedom away from him. And if you can't appease their conscience, you kill them. But you can't kill them all. You can't kill their love. Which is what makes them who they are. Makes them better than us. Better
1: than you. And we are live. Welcome to the AV Live. Yes, I, I am continually tweaking the intro because uh, I'm just insane and it just makes sense. I can deal with the whole nipples for men issue. But it is interesting that... Uh, I used Terry Gilliam's movie Time Bandit*, and in that movie, uh, part of the plot is this war between the Satan figure and God, God wanting to keep nature and organic evolution and the Satan figure wanting to start over with technology and have technology being the ruling force in creation. So Terry Gilliam might have been a little prescient or uh what we're dealing with and a lot and certainly with the theme that we're dealing tonight and that is lucifer technologies and for that it's always great to have my friend chris Knowles. chris thanks for being here
3: well, thanks for having me
1: awesome and yes the chat room is uh, whoa it's filling up very already over 100 people and we usually don't hit peak until about half hour into the interview and with us too we've got the moondog vans vans how are you doing
5: I'm pretty good. Just sitting here with, surrounded by technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it a wonderful thing? <laughs> the
5: time to surrender?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or fight exactly. Me. <laughs> awesome. Well, as always, if you have questions for Mr. Knowles, please type them in all caps, question marks, super chats, get put at the top and we will try to get it to you as soon as possible. Other than that, um, we'll get started. I wanted to mention, too, uh, uh, there are ways. A lot of you are tipping via Red Circle and Rockfin, and I want to thank you very much. And But unfortunately, I can't thank you personally through a message. But for those of you who tip and support, I really appreciate Uh, What you're doing, and I really appreciate your company and you joining us tonight, which is on a very, very important topic. Uh, I wanted to start by showing a screenshot, Chris, of something you said today and you've mentioned it, but I think it's extremely important. And I'm going to put it up right now. And that's you, Chris. Chris. The supernatural is real. The spirit realm is real. The world is run by sorcery, not science. It's a hard pill for most people to swallow. Believe me, I get it. It goes against everything we're told, even by our so-called religious authorities. But it's the real red pill. So awesome quote, Chris. Killing it on Twitter, and it certainly relates to everything we're, we're talking about tonight, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it certainly does, unfortunately.
1: I'd rather be talking about Rush or arguing about the Matrix or talking about Jack Kirby, but this stuff needs to get out because uh, your Lucifer technology is like all the research you does. It's not self-correcting, but it's more like self-feeding. The future kind of feeds your your past research and it just gets on more steroids or what do we say? It just never stops.
3: Never ends. Never ends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it never ends. No, it doesn't. And you know what? I'd be more than happy to have everything I talked about five years ago not have come true. But this is where we are today. And, uh, you know, I mean, these patterns establish themselves and they run a certain course and you have to just follow them to the conclusion. I mean, we have no choice. You know, I mean, history is cyclical. You know, these kind of patterns of empire are cyclical. And I, I think, you know, you could even argue that these, like, spiritual patterns are cyclical, you know. I mean, the interesting thing is that, you know, we, we are in this situation where the noose is tightening, you know. The technocratic noose around our throat is getting tighter and tighter, you know. I mean, uh, COVID passes and, um, you know, social scores, you know. Um, now, now the saying that, the, you know, they're going to tie your um, credit score to your uh, browsing history. You know, I mean, one thing after the other, uh, you know, the, the intrusion is getting to be overwhelming. And, you know, it's sort of tied together with this whole, you know, what I call the satanic gospel of woke, which is kind of like... Um, you know, it's basically uh, everything bad about Calvinism without, you know, without grace and forgiveness. You know, it's it's basically it's like Torquemada meets Calvin w- without, you know, the Christian bits of you know, at least some nominal nod towards forgiveness and, and so on. So, I mean, we're really, you know, we're, we're staring down the barrel of it right now. I mean, it's, it's coming straight t- towards us. Uh, it's going to get crazy worse before it gets better but at the same time you know what's happening since this this genie has been let out of the bottle you know since these spirits have been summoned and invoked you know there's there's a counteraction there's a reaction to that and and i think you know what i tune into and people probably just think i'm crazy but you know just that the spiritual world is very alive and it's very much merging with our own, you know, I mean, if you really get out there and you you open your antenna and you just sort of let go of your ego and your preconceptions and stuff and just let the information. in. I mean, I think, I think you'll find that, you know, it isn't just, it isn't all bad news that it's just this cycle is coming to a close and these forces and these powers, which is just basically the forces of life and death. Really? You know, I mean, that's what it really boils down to, you know, and if you read your, you know, your new Testament carefully, particularly like your revelation, it's like, I have the, you know, the keys of hell and death, you know, it's death and hell are, are the same thing, you know, that's what mm-hmm. the resistance is. So it's, it's always like, are you moving in a direction towards life? You're moving in a direction towards death. I mean, that's, those are your two choices. And I think these, these forces, um, sort of come to these periodic conflicts, you know, because the, really, the, the, you know, the forces of life and death are, are codependent, you know? It's just sort of like this dance, you know? It's almost like the whole Tao cliche, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, you know, things become imbalanced, things become out of balance, and I, I think that this whole intrusion into this realm from, like, this terrestrial realm with, with through technology, I think, is thrown this out of balance, and I think this is, like, the catalyst for this this round of, you know, the apocalypse game to make sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, look who, who paid a little money to ask you a question. I'm sure you're <laughs> shocked. Do you see that on the screens? <laughs> 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 Which dark timeline has Chris X joined us from? <laughs>
3: I, I don't even know how to answer that, you know. <laughs> I mean, timeline we're all in, unfortunately. It's a pretty dark timeline at the moment
1: yes it is indeed and in fact uh from uh loose first technologies i wanted to put this up here's a quote from you and then we can start really digging deep but um it's like you could have said that today but you said that in 2016 how do we go from a world where technology remained essentially static for thousands of years to a world in which we become slaves to our own machines and uh, that's certainly something we want to deal with tonight. But before we ask that question, let's talk about the inspiration. I know you wrote it early in 2016. And that was the weird, I guess the apocalypse was starting. Remember when all these great bards and shamans, I think it was David Bowie, Maurice White, Prince. I mean, they were just dropping like flies. Like the light was starting to leave the universe. The starmen were going back to their source because it had enough. <laughs> and it was weird. And then, as you say, uh, the Lucifer technology just came to you, right? It was one of those manic, I'm going to write this shit down.
3: Yeah, I, there's a, I have a lot wrong with my brains. And uh, <laughs> I just go into these sort of manic phases where I get, you know, I lock onto an idea and the OCD takes over and I can't sleep for days. And I'm reading like stacks of books and just burning through reams of information. I did the same thing with the secret Star Trek. Mm-hmm. which is really very deeply connected to this you know it's it's all part of the same continuum i'm, I'm learning that you know the more i study all these things that i sort of like this thing over here and this thing over here and this thing over here i, I realize that they're all part of the same process so um gosh i don't even oh i know what it was it was that stupid lucifer show that show was on fox right
1: oh god and then
3: it moved yeah. to netflix that awful abomination of a show and it was actually based on a comic book I used to read, uh, you know, published by Vertigo, written by Mike Carey.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Good and, um,
1: and that's yeah. based on Neil Gaiman's little storyline in The Sandman.
3: Yeah, the, the whole thing with The Endless and Sandman. Yeah. So that, that show came out, and it just, I don't know, it just, you know, lit a fire. Because, But then I started looking like, I think, you know, I did something on that, and then I looked at... Um, you know, I had another fire burning in the back of my brain because I, I started to realize that, um, Luc- uh, not Lucifer, uh, Paradise Lost by John Milton. And I, I came to strongly believe that the Lucifer figure in that was based on Gio- Giordano Bruno.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
3: think that, um, you know, I think Milton's father had some connections with him because Bruno was actually in London at the time and was, you know, sort of spreading his ideas around. And when I was reading Paradise Lost, It just seemed to me like this is Bruno. You know, he's making a statement on Bruno because this is the time of the English Civil War, and you know the Cavaliers and the Roundheads and the Catholics and the Protestants was a very dark and ugly time. And I think that that's really what he was referring to. So that got me sort of started on the whole Faust thing, right? And I was thinking about you know Christopher Marlowe, and then on the other end of the the ledger there was Shakespeare. So I I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about Faust, and I was just. I think that just sort of led me to this whole notion that, you know, we are living in a Faustian reality. We've made a Faustian bargain with our technology. And the interesting thing, too, is that, you know, before, um, in you know, after I had done the Lucifer Rising thing, that was when the um, Gothard Tunnel crazy, insane ritual took place in Switzerland. And that, you know, that was not too long after I had done the uh, the Lucifer's Rising thing. And that really started this whole, avalanche of of public ritual you know that these public rituals particularly you know among themes like you know lucifer fall the watchers the nephilim you know all these kind of things in the super bowls and the award ceremonies i mean this stuff became started to become really explicit not long after i'd written lucifer's technology you know and that sort of ultimately led me to the realization that you know these people are doing these things, going to all this expense and time, putting these very elaborate rituals on because they work, you know, that mm-hmm. they, they work in that they, I mean, we've discussed this before, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, these rituals work for them. They, they achieve what they're after. And, uh, you know, it's because somebody's on the other end of the line. You know, somebody's picking up the phone when they're, they're being called by these uh, very elaborate and very expensive and, um ostentatious rituals and you know we just saw this recently with uh with afterworld you know the mm-hmm. afterworld thing with uh with travis scott there and I, I that reminded me very much of um the situation the highway 91 harvest festival in las vegas uh at the beginning of october mm-hmm. and then all the things that happened after that because not long after that um that's when tom Delonge came out with this whole ufo thing that just continues to run on, even though I mean does anybody have any interest in that? You know, for some reason they just keep this UFO train running, regardless <laughs> of when you know anybody cares. I mean, I don't care. You don't care, you know. I used to be really into ufology and that like really sort of stopped my interest dead in its <laughs> tracks. You know, yeah. like it was the ufology killer. I mean maybe that was the intention. I don't know. But now I don't know if you heard but like uh in the Senate they've passed a resolution to start like an X-Files office. Oh, man. A new X-Files office, you know? It's
5: like when a teenager's parent joins Facebook, you know?
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's awful. It's so stupid. But, you know, the thing that really occurred to me, so we've got this, you know, increasingly invasive and Aurelian technology, right? But then we have this just bizarre and unending interest in this UFO topic that, you know, people are just so sick of now. And then also what I call MK ultra 3.0, which is like hallucinogenic research, quote unquote, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it all sort of ties together. It also ties together what I was talking about, you know, the year before in this Lucifer's rising thing that, that the invention quote unquote of the microchip was preceded by some very big, you know, major, public rituals if you want to call them that i mean you know it starts with the trinity tests in Mm -hmm. new mexico and then we have uh hiroshima and nagasaki and then we have um project diana which was uh, bouncing radar signals off the moon and that happened while um you know, those two bozos out in California were doing their Babylon work. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you have the Nag Hammadi Library 45,
3: uh, Nag Hammadi, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this stuff was coming to the surface, but then you know, when you get up to 47, you've got uh, Maury Islands and uh, Kenneth Arnold, um, in the in the what is that, the Cascade Mountains up there, so. You know the the prime was being pumped or the pump was being primed for what we ended up seeing in this what I call the Roswell working. And also another thing I want to add in before that was the um the Shelter Island co- uh, conference. And there was this through line of symbolism, you know particularly with the ram and the ram, you know, is on moon or Jupiter or moon? you know, the horned hidden gods or Nuno, so I mean, whatever you want to call it pan. But, you know, this, this symbolism is just recurring throughout all these different rituals, you know, and, and all this stuff. I mean, it's all calling on the gods, you know. And, you know, even during the war, we had the Nike program. there was like Nike Hercules and Nike, Nike Zeus and Nike this and Nike that. So, and that was all connected to at and So it all ends up with the announcement of the invention of the germanium uh, transistor in December, you know, at the very end of 1947. And the thing is though, it's like, when you look into this, it's very sudden, it's very sudden. And, you know, there's been some talk that there were like, you know, precursors to it and, and patents made on the transistor. And I, and I looked into them and it's just like, this is just garbage. I mean, you know, if the, um, MJ, uh, you know, the, the MJ files, what was that called? The Um, you know what I'm talking about? Those UFO files that they had found with the Eisenhower briefing document and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Majestic 12.
1: Majestic right. 12. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, so I mean, if all those things could have been planted in the Library of Congress or whatever, you know, why couldn't these these bogus um, these bogus patents? Because there, there there was nothing published and there were no um, actual physical models made. And I you know I really started looking into this and. Um, You know, there's a book that I read that really documented the this whole process of the invention of the of the microchip, and and people were like using terms like you know black magic, sorcery. I mean, people were like using these terms because at at uh, Bell Labs in Murray Hill, which isn't too far from me, actually, my wife used to work there for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, They just didn't have they didn't have the facilities that you really need to um, create these, uh, you know, these rectifiers and so on. They didn't, you know, because you have to mess with elements and what's called doping and you sort of insert one element into another element. I mean, it's very, very elaborate and it's very complex and you really need like a Lawrence Livermore or Sandy. I mean, something like a big government lab with like really major equipment and they didn't have it. They just didn't have it at, um, at bell labs so you know it's all very strange and it's all very sudden i mean and even before the um the transistor came out i mean people like, like i think it was wolfgang polly who was a very heavy duty physicist said you know this is never going to happen i mean just forget about this whole semiconductor thing it's just it's just not going to happen and you know lo and behold it does and and it, it does following this cycle of grand ritualism and that really sort of struck me and then when i just started looking into the whole background and the whole roswell thing it really became obvious to me that roswell you know was not a weather balloon and it was not a ufo it was like a very very elaborate ritual that tied in to a very specific kind of mythology that has to do with like um the great gods of samothrace and cadmus and all these kind of things, you know, this very specific recurring symbolism. And I'm just like, that can't be accidental. That just can't be like, oh, that's just a coincidence, you know, that these people are doing all these things and using all this symbolism. And then lo and behold, you know, this, this invention that changes all of humanity, that changes the course of history, uh, is the outcome of it, you know? And, yeah,
1: let me show you this visual while you're talking. Uh, where is it? <clears throat> And that is so stunning. This is, like you said, this is humanity, and it's putt-putting away, and then suddenly, what, 1947, everything just shoots up. Technology goes haywire, right?
3: Yeah, well, you know, there's a there's a bunch of them. But if you really think about it, you know, if you really sit down and think about it, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, they were messing around with, like, primitive steam engines and even primitive robotics and things like that, right? Huh. But they just, they didn't really have any practical use for them so if you really go back you know i always use the example of like 1700 bc to 1700 a.d right i mean you have like uh sailing ships you know wooden sailing ships with uh Mm -hmm. other sails you have a horse and carriage you know what i'm saying i mean you have a very static development of technology and the the technology is really not all that much different in that span of 3400 years and that's amazing when you look at like you get to the 20th century and in 1920 the state of the art of airplanes were wood and duck canvas propeller planes and then by the early 1960s you have the sr-71 which we still can't figure out. (laughs) We still can't imagine, you know, (laughs) they've been unable to, you know, to figure out how to, how to duplicate that plan because it was like the fastest human conveyance ever created or ever invented. And, you know, that's a space of 40 years. So you've got like 40 centuries where nothing is changing, right? And then you've got overnight, Everything sort of comes out of the toy blocks, and it's all after Roswell. <laughs> all after- so, uh, you know, <laughs> and you know there was this book written by this guy named uh, Philip Corso, and um, this was a big book back in the '90s. And he was talking about how, like, you know, the old crashed UFO thing and the retrieval, and this was a very popular thing back in the '90s. But the
5: day after Roswell, yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. But you know, the more you look at his arguments, it's just like. It doesn't really hold water, you know. Um, If you had technology that was even like a couple of hundred years ahead of what we've got now, I mean, it would take us a long time to figure out how it works, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's truly alien, we wouldn't understand necessarily their physics, their understanding of physics. We wouldn't understand how their technology progressed because, you know, our technology in many ways follows nature right you know our technological models follow on nature so if they had a different biology or or whatever i mean it would just things would be different we wouldn't really understand the way it's going um and the answer is yes Uh, (laughs) 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 well you know i mean we we're seeing increasingly how this is starting to really rapidly unfold You know, back in 2016, I don't think we really got a sense as much of where this was headed because it it really started to get nasty, I think, you know, Uh, around 2018 to 2019. And now we've got, you know, technology really being used against us. Um, You know, like I said, the social credit scores and COVID passes and, you know, these uh, contact tracing and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know. Everything is surveillance. But, you know, another thing that I would argue is that we've already hit hit peak tech. We're not going to see all the things that they're promising. Nobody's going to Mars. Nobody's going to have a robot body. You know, this stuff is not going to happen. And, you know, the thing that I keep saying, and I think people are starting to get the message now because we've had, like, the um, supply chain failures and we've had a lot of things going on. Um, And, you know, we've had the great resignation and so on. Um, I think our technology is going to rapidly devolve. You know, I really honestly believe that. And that's one of the reasons why I just can't get too heavily involved with crypto because crypto really relies on, you know, a rocket ship internet, you know, a a worldwide state of the art, high tech, highly tuned internet. And if we don't have that, we don't have crypto, you know, I mean, it's just the way it's going to be. So I, I don't, I'm sure going to, alienate some people by saying that but it's it's really the way i think and you know one of the other problems that i keep talking about is like you know they're talking about the infrastructure bill and stuff well the thing is that infrastructure is not self-sustaining infrastructure does not repair itself you know i mean in the past 10 years where i live we've had a number of extended blackouts you know, blackouts for more than a week. And some of that happened, like, when it was really cold out. And we, you know, it was, like, really nasty. Damn. We ended up buying a generator. But, um, you know, when the power goes out, you, you need people to go up in those cherry pickers in the middle of a, a driving rainstorm or an ice storm or snowstorm or, or whatever and fix the damn wires. You know, you need people who are not only smart, but brave. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> And uh, I don't know, man. I don't think that we're really um, replenishing that population. You know, we're not replenishing that aspect of our uh, of our gene pool, so to speak. I mean, I, I think we're in major trouble, and th- the trouble is going to become more and more apparent. Um, but Chris, you know, do
1: you think? Uh, I agree with you. We've hit the wall. Do you think the elite, as some say, have the real technology, or are they just is that yeah. smoke and mirrors? breakaway civilization I, I, healing pods and all that good stuff no, no no i
3: think that's all um i think that's all like propaganda you know it's the same way those fake boston dynamics robots videos <laughs> you know when they're doing parkour and the watch and the and twist and the uh the bump i mean just all these nonsensical videos with these these stupid robots that can barely stand up by themselves that have to be remote controlled. <laughs> you, you have to sit there and go, and move around. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But Sophia
5: is real, right? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: um,
5: you can barely see the hand up in the back.
3: <laughs> but the thing, the thing, you know, the thing that I keep saying, and you know, people who have heard a lot of my interviews are, are gonna know exactly where I'm going with this, but it's just like so much of this science fiction science that we're hearing was really because of Jeffrey Epstein. You know, Epstein's mm-hmm. money was driving this. Epstein had this, like, childish sci-fi mentality that he was projecting onto actual science, and he was basically paying all these people. I mean, we're talking about Harvard, uh, MIT. I mean, all these big institutions to pretend that his fantasies would ever be realized. And, that th- you know, they're not. I mean, it's... <sighs> You know, I, have been, listen, I'm, I'm old, you know, I'm 55. I'm going to be a grandfather soon, you know? (laughs) And I've been hearing these stories for a long time and it's always like, Oh, you know, they've got something hidden. They're going to pull it out when they do this and they do this. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I've been hearing those stories since I was 10. All right. And it's just not going to happen. I mean, we're not going to have bases on the moon and, you know, we're not going to robot bodies and there isn't going to be a singularity. And just flying car.
1: Yeah. flying uh, car the jetsons <laughs> yeah.
3: i just been hearing this stuff you know since the 70s all right and it's i don't believe in it anymore i just don't i just um and since i keep an eye on like the pop science press and like things like popular mechanics and everything like that and live science and just all science alert all these things you know ever since um whatever happened to, to epstein happened um, that stuff has just really fallen off precipitously. You don't see that those kind of stories anymore. you know these just crazy comic book stories anymore. And you know, I just realized that you know science, you know they're the biggest liars of all. I was watching this old Carl Sagan uh, interview, and he's talking about scientists like they're the new priesthood. and it's like, well, <laughs> listen, the old priesthood, you know, they're nothing to write home about either, you know so you know yeah, it, it tricks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, phony was, voices from the statues and all that fun stuff. Yeah,
3: I mean, it was sad because <laughs> he you know because he was very sick at the time and i think he was just sort of clinging on to this uh, this notion you know that that he'll leave behind this legacy of of science as a salvation and nobody believes in that anymore and like i said i mean we've hit peak tech and I'll tell you, it's like every day I'm dealing with, like, every upgrade that I'm getting with all these software programs that I get, that you have to, you know, they they download them into your computer now. You can't even say no anymore.
1: No, right? they just do it.
3: And it's just, they just get worse and worse and worse. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's like, I wish I had a dime for every minute I spend watching that stupid spinning rainbow wheel. It's just it's just <laughs> Out of control. So
1: Chris, um, if if we if something happened in Roswell, and I like how you point out uh the crash, the alleged crash happened near the town of Corona. Of course it mm -hmm. had to be. You wrote that in 2016. Oh, what a what a coincidence. Coincidence. Uh there was some ritual whether with uh ultra spectrum, we're getting John Keel and Jack Valet, but can't they do that again? Or have they just pissed off the gods? I mean can we get that magic back
3: my theory is that whatever was behind this and I, i know this is where i start to get very keel or very valet about it you know whatever was behind this had a certain set of goals in mind that wanted to get us to a certain point you know where we can be controlled and once we're under that control you know The rug will. The technological rug will sort of be pulled out from underneath us, and the only technology there'll be is surveillance. You know, surveillance and 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 medical control. I I, I think that we're looking down the barrel. Of that. I mean, it's like I'm expecting. I'm fully expecting. Um, then not to be like the internet as we know it today in 15 years. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it it served a certain purpose, and it will be gradually um, dismantled.
1: We'll have meta. I mean, that's the salvation, right?
3: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> see, about... This is exactly see. This is like a that's a great
1: what. Does calls it the the lips or something like that? It's just LARPing a lot.
3: <laughs> see, but this is a great example because that's almost like what I'm talking about in microcosm. Right? So Mark Zuckerberg is this kind of guy. You know, admittedly a smart guy, admittedly a guy that they had their eye on for quite some time. Right. Because he was involved in these programs, that you know, what was it, like gifted youth programs that a lot of people that we hear about today were in. Um, but, you know, he was sort of handed the keys to this whole Facebook empire, you know, and it was, it was all technology that was worked out. It was all beta tested elsewhere, you know, and there were other people that were really doing most of the actual programming work for him. So, you no, know, he built this empire and then he ended up buying all these other companies like, um, you know, like Instagram and uh, that other one that I, I never use. But um,
1: WhatsApp, I think.
3: Yeah, WhatsApp and all this kind of stuff. So, he, you know, he ended up being able to buy these other companies out. But, you know, he's not a bright guy. He's not a, I mean, he's bright in that he's technologically gifted, but it's almost like a, a savant kind of deal. And you see that you just see the savant in him is just so apparent when you watch that meta video, you know, I mean, it's uncomfortable when you watch. I mean, it reminds me of like, I don't know, like somebody really deep into the spectrum trying to come across as being like an, you know, an actual human being or something. I don't know. Like, you know, they always use the term data, you know, because they always refer to data and it's, it's really true. But meta is going to be a disaster. It's going to be an absolute disaster. I mean, I don't think it's going to work at all. Nobody, people just haven't even been talking about it. Like it's, it hasn't created any buzz. You know, it hasn't created any excitement. Um, I think the technology just isn't there. You know, and the one problem with with VR that they've never been able to cope with because it's just a basic. Um, anatomical issue with you know the structure of our eyes and our optic nerves is vr sickness you know which is basically just motion sickness you know mm. the vr thing is like it's like trying to read a book in a car you know like when you're in traffic or something <laughs> no it's, it's actually true you know it, it's yeah. an exact process
5: inner ear and vision aren't matching that's the problem
3: exactly and, and it's um I think it's just going to be a disaster. I, I, I would imagine that Facebook, as an entity, is going to go into a very steep decline. And, and this meta thing was sort of like a Hail Mary pass to sort of counteract that. But, I mean, you're on Facebook. It's just, it, it feels like you're at a wake you know i mean all the groups i used to be in it's just, just no energy left and i'm not talking like you know groups with like people our age i'm talking like people you know groups that like younger people were into because everyone all the millennials have just jumped ship you know they're not on mm-hmm. that they're all on instagram whatever and you know it's like because facebook is where you get you know your grandmother is you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think that's a very important arc, and, and it ties into what I'm talking about. And that's why I sort of talk about it as like being this this microcosm, because you know, just as Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg was handed the keys to this technological empire, you know, we as as humanity were handed the keys, so to speak, to this high technology that we didn't really truly understand the the, the ramifications of. And, and how it was going to play out, you know, socially and psychologically and, and even physically. And now we're starting, you know, the honeymoon is over. The honeymoon is, is well and over, you know, the whole idealistic sort of Wired magazine, Kevin Kelly uh, evangelism that you saw so much of in the 90s, you never hear anymore. And, and the people who were pushing that stuff I mean, I'm talking people like John Lanier and Douglas Rushkoff and so on. I mean, they're like the biggest Cassandras of all now, you know? I mean, a lot of these people who are really at the forefront of like the whole Mondo 2000 thing and all this kind of cyberpunk stuff, I mean, they they are the biggest Cassandras of all. I mean, they're like, get the hell off of social media, you know, all this kind of stuff. So <coughs> here we go. But, but you know, lest, lest this all sounds too grim, and it does, but I mean... Like I said, I think that when these powers that are using technology as a medium, when when they're starting to get really active, it just creates like this new Newtonian reaction in the spirit realm, so to speak. And it's like, I really believe this. I, I know people, I don't even like really believe it. It's like I experiencing, you know, mm-hmm. I experiencing this phenomenon on a regular basis and so it isn't even a belief anymore. I mean, is that gnosis? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I mean, where does like mysticism end and gnosis begin? I don't know. But um, you know, that's that's why I'm not, you know, sticking my head in the oven right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely interesting times, too. Uh, So what we have, and I just want the audience, uh, I will have links to Lucifer's technologies, but I want to get a picture of what was happening. Um, Roswell, and then you had Bell Bell Labs Labs. through Vannevar Bush, who's like the architect of our modern technology and time, sort of really optimized this incredible magic for our times and now we're in a period of decline of course i'm sure there's a lot of missing pieces if you want to let me know chris but what do you think too about and i know that's something you and like gordon used to talk with you know the the war in heaven and the king is dead with rockefeller dying all these little fools clintons trump's uh gates fighting over the kingdom but they're actually doing more damage and they're completely just you know, botching things up.
3: Yeah, I'm actually surprised by how incompetent they are, you
1: know?
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they picked Gates to sort of be their frontman, but Gates is like, I mean, talk about being deep into the spectrum, you know, and then, you know, the whole thing with him and Epstein come out and like this, all these weird connections that he has. Um, and, and, you know, plus he's just, he's not a good salesman, you know? He's not somebody who, is appealing to the general public. You know, the, the media kisses ass because they have to. But who's going to follow him on some crusade? And, you know, I think that was a real major mistake on their part. But look what they did with the UFO thing by picking Tom DeLong, you know, this um, <laughs> washed up punk rock star who made all his money writing songs about farts, you know. I mean, it's just... and And... Then he, you know, they they put him on Rogan, and he just—it was one of the most embarrassing spectacles I've ever seen in my life, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. That was like, that was cringe, blue ultra. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was just so cringy. And then I guess they put, you know, um, Luis Elizondo, the You know, they're trying to make him the front man, and it's just not going to work. People just aren't interested, and this is why. I'm. I'm always telling people. A lot of people in the conspiracy realm frustrate me because they tend to subscribe to this sort of comic book, um, you know, left behind straight to video movie way of thinking that the people who are doing all these things, you know, the people at the top of the pyramid and so on, are superhumans and that they're infallible. And when they fuck up, it, they meant to. You know, it's like the fourth dimensional chess. And I hear this all the time. And it's just like, no, they're just not that smart. You know, this tech, they have technology. They have all the money in the world because money has been fake for quite a long time. It's probably been fake since we got off the gold standard. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, money it's just fake. It's just, it's conjured out of nothing. And um, they're just not that smart. They really aren't. And, you know, particularly since they've had the easiest lives in human history, you know, they've never been tested. They've never been challenged. If you look back, and you know, people like uh, you know Teddy Roosevelt or something, you know, this guy who had battlefield experience, you know, there used to be that if you really wanted to become at the top of the pyramid, you have to have proven yourself in battle. I mean, look at all the seasons and so on. So we're really at this like decadent, sort of degenerate phase of empire, where the the ruling figures are either incredibly old and senile and will not relinquish their power. Right. You know, I'm talking like people like, um, like Soros and Buffett and all these kind of people who sort of keep their fingers on the scales, you know, as, as far as the exchange of money and so on. And then just below them, you have these like Gates and so on. then you have people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and everything. And none of these people can communicate with actual human beings. They can't communicate with people outside their economic class. They just don't understand that they've never had that experience. They've never been wanting, you know, they don't know what it's like to go hungry. They don't know what it's like to worry about paying your mortgage. I mean, ever in their lives. And neither have their parents or their parents' parents. So we're really in this. It really is. It reminds me, you know, of, the Roman Empire just before the crisis of the third century, because you had these exact same conditions. And, um, you know, you had the Roman legions just being manned by Germans because Roman men were so softened and pampered that they'd become, you know, basically become imbeciles. And, you you know, we see this today. So technology is not, you know, it's certainly not a panacea. And it's not, you know, it's not the ring of power, okay? You know, it's not like Lord of the Rings. It's a very mixed blessing at best. And I think that for these people at the top of the pyramid, you know, the ruling class and so on, it's planted the seeds of their own destruction, you know? Um, it's made them so powerful and so unaccountable that it's, there's nowhere to go but down, really.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah opportunity for those of us who are awake. Uh, Vance, do you have a question? Anything from the audience?
5: Oh, I've got a huge comment and two questions from
1: the audience so
5: far. Right. Um, let's see. Well, I'll we'll be right back. Like, the... I've
1: got to let the cat out real quick. I'll be right back. you got I'll some go time out. here. All
5: right. <laughs> All righty, Chris. Uh, here's one for you from Wayne Mathias. How far do the psychos in charge believe AI, the singularity, can go? Not Sophia animatronics cam, obviously. Thanks.
3: Um, You know, this is something I've been talking about for years. I've had people who are involved in software engineering, programming, tell me, "Listen, AI is not what you think it is. It's certainly not what they make it out to be in the Hollywood movies. It's you're never going to have how. You know, it's just algorithms are basically." Programs that are signed to do single tasks and repeat and learn from their repetition—it's not—it's not anywhere close to human intelligence. You know, they can play chess better than anyone else, but they can't do anything else. You know, they can't cook an egg. You know, they—they they could never. They couldn't tell you what the you know the Grateful Dead set list from 1969 at the Oakland Coliseum was. I mean, they're just not diversified in that respect. So I just read, um, there was a big section in this uh, electrical engineers website, this, this magazine for electrical engineers. And they're basically saying, you know, we've come to the end of the line, you know, the, the returns are diminishing and we don't know where to go because in order to create AI, as it's been seen in the movies, like all this fake nonsense, like the matrix and, the Terminator movies and everything like that, you need computing power just so far beyond what we have now. But it's it's a, its a level of computing power that the laws of physics just will not allow.
5: All right. Here's another question. Are UAPs beings from other star systems or overlapping dimensions? And that's from our friend Anon.
3: That's an excellent question. Um, so my family and I, over three different occasions, had pretty close-up UFO encounters in 2015 and 2016. And the first one was my son was working at this big golf course that all these millionaires play at, and these three orbs just sort of parked themselves over the course at sundown. And um, you know he had a pretty crappy phone, but he he was able to take some sort of video of it, and they. Did not look like any kind of structured craft. Certainly not from you know another dimension or whatever. But the second one was um, my wife and I and my daughter were going up to my grandmother's hundredth birthday party in New Hampshire, and we saw these um, these two orange orbs sort of harrying this this plane that had just taken off from Manchester Airport. And to me, when I when I was watching, I couldn't believe... Like, first of all, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> where, the, where the hell is this coming from? You know, it's like, oh, there it is, you know? Um, they were clearly under, for what I could see, under intelligent control. But th- there was no structure there. They, they were just balls of light. But the way they were moving just seemed intelligent and coordinated, right? And then... Uh, I guess 2017, um, I'd seen a, uh, a sort of a classic Chevron UFO basically hover over our neighborhood for quite some time. And it was super, super bright, too. And, you know, we try to get pictures of it and stuff. We've got, you know, a couple pictures that aren't, that aren't too bad, but it's just it's very hard to take pictures of something at night, of, you know, something in the sky, unless you have really good uh, equipment, which most people don't have. But um, I I was looking at that, and it did look structured, right? But it didn't look even remotely aerodynamic. It didn't look like anything that could possibly fly. And it it wasn't really even flying. It was just sort of hovering and just moving in these lateral motions, you know, up and this way and this way and that way and everything like that. And um, I just, like, I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, since it's not really obeying the laws of physics, is, is it even really there? Is it, like... You you start to get very keel about it, you know? Is this something from the super spectrum, you know? Projected, you know? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it was just really, but it was really big too. And it was really big and it was really bright. And I'm just standing there in the middle of my yard, you know, at midnight, just watching this thing. I'm just like, you know, I've gone my whole life without seeing these things and being, you know, I was interested in ufology for quite some time. And all of a sudden, like seeing them one after the other, it's just, really bizarre but i'll tell you it was it kind of like cured me of my interest in um in ufology because I, I i don't know i didn't get a good feeling like i wasn't thinking oh, <laughs> oh those are demons from dimension x i was just thinking like <laughs> wh- whatever intelligence is guiding this stuff just doesn't care about us at all you know it just doesn't doesn't even acknowledge us and that's the thing when you notice when you start reading ufo reports it's just like whatever is behind this intelligence just really doesn't care about us. You know, if it is something from another planet, which I doubt, but it's possible, they're they're just watching us. Like we watch wildlife. Right. And it could possibly be something from under the ocean. You know, you hear that a lot. I mean, that's, that's certainly
1: possible. I don't know. 90% is undiscovered of the ocean. Like Pacific Rim, the movie there might just be there. We wouldn't even notice.
3: No, we wouldn't. So, I just have to plead ignorance on that. You know, I mean, it could be any one of those things. I don't, believe- or
5: multiple or both. Or-
3: yeah. I just don't believe that they're extraterrestrial starcraft from other systems, you know, from other galaxies or, you know, constellations or whatever. Hmm.
1: All Alex right, here's what is uh hitting the desk right now. How oh, dare Chris. <laughs> what do you here's one. real quick, uh yeah, real quick, Chris? What do you think of the idea of uh I don't know if you've read uh Jason Reza Giorgiani's Close Encounters, and I do not know Gigi Jung also talked about it, the idea of these Nordics from the nineteenth century who've been time and they're sort of uh it went back to Atlantis, went to Mars, and you know it's a very self-closed loop. But it's just it's humans all along.
3: Not you what know? I saw. Yeah, not what and, I saw. You yeah, know, I mean, the things that I saw, it's
1: just. But you so you would say it's, I've had an encounter like yours over the in Portugal in Sintra with the lights, and uh, you would say it's more mystical. It's definitely from somewhere else that's unexplainable.
3: I would say it's, um, ultra terrestrial, you know, like it's interdimensional. And that's right, why, right. you know, one of the reasons why I revisited this, this series is when I discovered Carl Raschke's, um, his paper on ultra, uh, ultra terrestrials and cultural deconstruction. Hmm. You know, when I read that, I was like, Oh, that's the final piece because no, that's, that's it. really what I see. You know, I mean, Let's just say that this thesis is correct, and I'm sure it's incorrect on a lot of details, but let's just say this thesis is correct. Um, what Rashke argues is that this intelligence that he calls ultra-terrestrial, um, is intruding on us, on our reality, because it wants us to bring us up to its reality. And when I read when I read that and sort of the way he phrased it, all I could think about was, um, you know, the DMT trials and the the machine elves and just all these experiences with ayahuasca. And just, you know, really powerful psychedelics where people report rather consistently entering into another dimension and encountering, you know, a, a rather consistent description of elves gremlins, I mean, whatever you want to call them, you know? So I think that, um, I, what I think is behind this ultimately is ultra terrestrial. And, and it's something that can't enter our reality physically, but can enter our reality, you know, through us, you know, that, that our minds and souls are, are the medium, you know, mm-hmm. or our consciousness is the medium for these beings to enter into our reality. And, you know, the thing that kind of, (laughs) was rather like unsettling about this is that, you know, after I read that, I was thinking back on, you know, what um, Nick Redfern had written about, you know, the Collins elite and their theories about, you know, these these UFO knots were demons and were just basically trying to trap us and Mm -hmm. imprison us in their dimension for all eternity or whatever, you know, I mean, Again, I mean, there are a lot of debates about whether that even, you know, the Collins actually really exists. But I think the basic argument, you know, definitely is consistent with what, you know, like I said, what Rashke was talking about. And, you know, maybe what Keel was talking about and maybe what Jacques Vallée was talking about in Messengers of Deception. I, I think this is very consistent through line. that yeah. these intelligences are interacting with us through our consciousness. Okay. And I think that that's a very scary thing. And that's what concerns me that we have this convergence of the high technology, which is becoming increasingly intrusive. And the uh you know this this UFO cultism, right? Among Mm -hmm. people in in high positions of power. And also MKUltra 3.0 you know, I I think that's like, that's a witch's brew. You know, that's a deadly combination. That's like a one, two, three punch that, you know, I'm very concerned about. And, um, you know, I think other people should be as well. Uh, and this is why, you know, listen, I mean, I, I, this whole thing with the vaccinations and so on, I think that, um, it's, it's been a lot more keystone cops than people want to admit on either side of the debate. I think that, um, (laughs) You know, I think that there's been a lot of blundering, you know, but there could be, you know, an ultimate agenda there to sort of condition us through, you know, just this constant stream of inoculations for, for, for anything, you know, I mean, and that would have an effect on our physiology and our, and our, our brain chemistry, you know, but I'll tell you the other thing that does really concern me as well is this, you know, particularly last summer and particularly up in Portland when you just saw these people, you know, these meth heads who just for all intents and purposes were behaving in a way that you would expect to see Linda Blair behave in, a, in a, an exorcist sequel. You know what I mean? I mean, you just saw this the other day with that Carl Rittenhouse thing. Some woman just starts linda blaring out on the sidewalk and and people were like terrified because she was banging her head against the disc- so
1: she was having an yeah. epileptic shock poor thing well
3: somebody had said that it wasn't epileptic because <clears throat> no really there are certain markers of, of an epileptic fit that oh, she was wow. playing that it was just it was something else so i mean i don't know i'm not a medical <clears throat> expert on on epilepsy or whatnot but um you know we're just seeing this more and more and just seeing like the way these people look and also the way they talk and the way they act. I mean, it's just, it's really frightening and, and it's being exacerbated, you know, by people certainly in the, in the corporate media who want there to be more conflict and want there to be more violence mm-hmm. because it's good for ratings. You know, it's good for clicks.
1: Give us dirty yeah. laundry.
3: Mm-hmm. If it bleeds, <laughs> the energy it, leads. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. you know,
1: exactly yeah vance uh, yeah sorry i interrupted uh, any other questions there's a lot of secret sunners there so i want
5: to, yeah we got we got yeah, like, like four questions
1: inter- interact with chris
5: yeah i wanted to um lay this on chris uh, this is a theory i've had for many years now being in the midst of silicon valley and technology and so forth for years myself still am actually i have a theory that all this huge explosion of technology is actually um, a quote-unquote natural phenomenon of something trying to assemble the next form of life that's going to spring from this planet or at least cover the planet. You know how, like, uh, if you follow, at least somewhat, the theory of revolution where we had cells and they got together and they made community cells and then organisms and so forth, and and eventually human beings, which are supposedly intelligent. Well, now... Ever since we networked ourselves together with the internet, right, now we've created the very beginnings of a giant brain, and it's not the technology that's the brain. It's linking all of us together through kind of a digital nervous system, and now this thing has its own intelligence that we can't relate to. We can only see the effects of it, and people like Zuckerberg that look like they're zombies—that they are absorbed in this brain. And if you've ever been in Silicon Valley and see the craziness, people will do anything to develop their product and get the venture capital. And you know, it's just like all out. It doesn't matter. Money doesn't even matter. That you know how much money the venture capitalists just waste they just throw and throw money and like see what sticks to the wall
3: well money is fake I, that's why i mean what's that know, money is no longer real you know money not represent anything <laughs> anymore yeah i mean it's 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 absolutely true
5: yeah, so what's really happening is that this organism is assembling itself. And there might even be several of them competing with each other. But I think there's another level of intelligent organization. Organizations are just intelligent, period, to one degree or another. What do you think of that?
1: Like an egregore, bands?
5: Yeah, very much like an egregore. Only
3: um, a techno-biological egregore. No. That's basically you know, the same argument, there's a singularitarians, t- singular singularity-tarians, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I <can't laughs> Singularians. I, mean, no, a, I that's, don't that's, think there's you know, a name like yet. That's, you know, the... <laughs>
5: Kurzweilians, yeah.
3: You know, that's the same kind of argument that they would make. And, um, I mean, really what it gets down to is that, you, you know, you're basically talking about AI, uh, ultimately. I mean, that's what it's, you know, this is the whole idea that, Life forms are going to evolve from carb- carbon-based life forms into silicon-based life forms, and and so on and so forth. Um, I personally don't believe that. Uh, I think that I don't want to say it's impossible, but I think that the laws of physics ultimately argue against it. And the problem also is. Is that the the intelligence that you're describing? Right. I can't talk tonight. The intelligence that you're describing is unbelievably fragile, ultimately, because if there is like a mass coronal solar event, it's it's done. If there's oh
5: yeah, that's for sure.
3: (laughs) There's a pole shift. It's done. If there's some like if there's really like a major like black death kind of plague that kills seven eighths of humanity it's done okay you know i mean there there are so many ways that that life form that you're describing could just be instantly annihilated, instantly in, in the grand scale of time be annihilated it doesn't I, I, know that though <laughs> it, it might not but no i mean i just i just don't believe that i, I think yeah. that i think that we've been so conditioned by hollywood you know, I think that Hollywood has been the great sales force for this mythology of, of unending technological revolution. Um, like I said, I think that we've peaked. I think we peaked a while ago. I actually had somebody tell me that, like, computing power, you know, the whole thing with uh, Moore's Law, you know, WG yes. so on. So that Moore's Law was broken, like, 16 years ago, back in the early 2000s. That It, it wow. basically no longer applies and, you know, you can see that. I mean, I can see that with this equipment that I'm on now. You know, and I told you that these, these upgrades that they force you to take, that they force you to accept <laughs> just get worse and worse and worse. I mean, the, you know, I used to, so here's, here's a great example. So I used to have, like, multiple browsers up, you know, different browsing packages up. And I would have, sure. like, you know, be doing different things, you know. And um, I can't do that anymore. I can only have one active browser up at a time because they freeze each other out. You know, I mean, I, is that just my, my computer? I don't know, but the same computer used to have you know, no problem. I mean, I run, you know, like first aid and everything on this, this, you know, this, this machine here pretty frequently, but I just, I think it's the software. I think it's the software. I think the software itself is the problem. And I think at the other end of that problem is the human problem. And I think that it's, it's a, almost like a self fulfilling prophecy because you know, the, you know, the whole thing about like, you know, hard men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's sort of like, almost like a version of that, but like excessive technology weakens us. Ex- excessive technology and reliance on technology weakens you know, it, it, it demonstrably and provably weakens, like, our recall, you know what I'm saying? Our attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are all sorts of neurological effects that this technology has on us. And people who've grown up on this technology and know nothing else, you know, A, take it for granted, and B, have, like, an enormous sense of entitlement, and C, like, just don't realize that this stuff has to get fixed. You have to fix this stuff. You know, it doesn't, it breaks down. You know, the, the infrastructure breaks down. Look at what we just saw in, in uh, the Fraser Valley in Vancouver. I mean, the highway that the entire island of Vancouver relies on was destroyed. 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 You know what I'm saying? It's gone. Yeah, and I read about that. How they are they going to rebuild it? You they're know? cut
5: off from Canada now <laughs> <I
3: heard. laughs> you know, so, but not only did it knock out the highway but it also knocked out the rail okay oh, so they, if they're going to get anything as far as supplies provisions anything like that it has to come by boat or by plane you know and it's like they cannot get they can't leave it's almost like some weird science fiction Stephen King the dome or whatever kind of thing it's it's really <laughs> surreal to see And I'm telling you something, I mean, my whole mindset really began, I've said this in a number of different interviews as well, but like my whole mindset really began to change after Superstorm Sandy, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'd never experienced anything like that before. I'd never seen that kind of devastation before. And, you know, this, this nice little well-to-do neighborhood looking like Berlin after the blitz i mean just absolutely destroyed you know houses yeah
1: you were, didn't have power for weeks i remember I people, people
3: didn't have power for months oh my people God. were trapped in their houses because um you know a tree had fallen in in the middle of the house and they, they couldn't get out i mean it was insanity i've never yeah, seen it's it, getting worse
5: Too, And it's getting worse with all the uh, now PG and out here in California says, oh, you know, if it's too windy, you have to shut the power off. And they're shutting down uh, Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. And they're trying to get you used to, well, you know, you're not going to have power sometimes, you know, rolling brownouts. They send us things out. Um, (laughs) Like the Soviet Union. Right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, the wildfires would turn into that. The winds start the fires, spread the fires. And they started the fires in some instances up in California. So now because the lawsuits, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, they're cutting the power off the first sign of wind. You know, that's what they're doing.
3: Well, I'll tell you something. California just has too many damn people in it. You know, I, it wasn't that strip, that little fertile strip of land in the middle of a moonscape desert was not meant to house 40 million people. All right, I, I it's just the way it is, and it, the problems in, in California are gonna get worse unless there's like a major depopulation, you know, unless there's a major exodus. Because I mean, I just saw this in the New York Times, it was like, you know, they're talking about the Colorado River that 40 million people rely on in California. It's just like it, it wasn't created, you know, it didn't it, it doesn't exist. To sustain the water needs of forty million people, right? You know, Water—that's that is an a historical insanity. There's never been that many people in that state,
5: and they keep building too. Isn't that funny?
3: Oh, I, I know. I saw it. Like you know, I was down in Orange County a, a couple of years ago, and it's just like they're just building houses on top. It looks like you know, it almost looks like a, like a Brazilian favela, but just like really expensive. You know, it's like I was <laughs> on house on house on house on house. You know.
1: And there you have it, oh you veterans of a thousand psychic wars, the first part of our show with Chris. He'll definitely get deeper into the identity of Lucifer in ancient history and mythology, and how the being is alive and well right in front of your nose, and a lot on Mithras. Including the audio version. This is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can now get a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for less than 5 bucks a month. Check it out in the show notes. So please become an AB Prime member or patron at Patreon or Red Circle subscriber for the full Luciferian audio interview and to support this red pill cafeteria. It will cost you less than a buck per episode, and that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. Might be the only way to disarm all the Lucifer technologies around us and let Sophia in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea,